You are now entering the Pandemic Podcast. The benefit of having this condition where you are supposed to sit here and suffer through this isolation. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had the benefit of, we could watch TV all day, we could read books um, to keep us busy. But it, it never created in you a, a sense of, you know, what is that word that we... Anui. It never created in, in you anui. What is ennui? It's a sense of boredom and a sense of you're not... Annoyance. You, you don't go out and you experience life as it's possible to experience life. You're just sitting here, wasting your life away. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have this... Um, you know, when you don't have this... What is... Uh, when you have to sit here... Uh, Quarantine. Quarantine. Yeah. Lockdown. You are constantly feeling unease about the fact that the world is out there, and you're just just sitting here, being productive. You know, you are. You're supposed to be out there doing stuff and experiencing the world, and to be making change in the world. Is that what the feeling? Whether you make change or not, at least least participate outside in the world, and in some way add to the world's so getting permission to just so getting permission to switch that feeling off yeah so you are actually allowed by virtue of this thing imposed upon you to sit here that whole feeling switched off it's kind of cool because you can sit and watch tv all day long not feel bad about it yeah you can you know have a drink or two or three just to yeah, and you can do whatever and you want. Because you're sort of forgiven by the system of the t- of the moment Quarantine. to do that. So what left? What feeling left? Guilt? Is that what's the feeling of not doing anything or not having to do anything? It's a it's a it's a it's an escape from the expectations that you are normally living with. Yeah. Because the expectations is created mostly by the whole buzz of the world, you know? People look at you, he, you know, that guy, he sits on his couch all day long doing nothing. Yeah. It's really <laughs> not then, a way then, to spend your life, it's not a way to spend time. But suddenly, everybody was allowed to do that without any sense of guilt or, and it was wonderful. <laughs> And now we're still we're slowly being let back into the world as as we used to know it. And I'm starting to dislike sitting here on the couch again. So the expectations are coming back. Yeah, you have to go out there, man. You do. Your time is running out. You got to yeah. do something. So it was really only a temporary relief. It was yeah. a temporary relief, and it was great. And you can't recreate it yourself. 
But you think yeah. the world as a whole has the, the mindset, that mindset has changed just a little bit in general after the going through this month's period of Maybe of, people uh, won't quarantine. judge you so much for sitting on your couch anymore. I know that would be a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be lying to myself. Like, um, quarantine's over. You have to come out of your house. Now. I know, and I don't. I, I like my quarantine life. I know. I also liked my quarantine life. No expectations. I'm having a hard time going back into public. Yeah. It's like really. When but, I come back into my bubble, <laughs> I get like sad and angry. When you're going back into. When I go in- out and then I come back. Yeah. I feel angry and sad. I don't feel like, oh, that was so great. I get to be amongst people again. Yeah, me too. Why do you feel angry and sad? What's coming up for you? I don't know. I don't like, I don't like the... Um, you have to go out and perform, baby. Perform? You got raising kids? Yeah, and people just walk out like nothing a, is different or nothing is You got a crazy old dad that needs attention? Yeah. Right? Well, I don't mind coming here. This is, this is part of my bubble. Okay. This is an extension of my bubble. Right. But like, I'm going out to restaurants. Have you done that? Is that enjoyable for you now? Because I was not enjoying myself whatsoever. Well, the way we went out once. Yeah. Well, Yoshi came to this. Josie came to, and there's episodes there that was good, but it wasn't really, um, you know, I wouldn't say that was my best going out dinner. It didn't bother me much. It didn't. It actually bothered me because I had gloves on, masks on. Yeah, what, what didn't you like about going out to the restaurant? I mean, I'm super judgmental, and it's coming back for me. I thought I had lost that part of myself. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> I have a problem with everybody um, being sheep. Being what? Being sheep and, like, following... I have Weltschmerz at the moment. Like, I go out and I get sad at seeing people just following rules that don't make sense to me. Well, that's how the world lives. That's how the world functions, whether you like it or not. So, people who feel themselves outside of that group, you always end up alone. That's why I'm a loner, because I don't like to follow rules. But... uh, you pay a huge price for that. What's the price I pay? You end up sitting Sad. on your couch like me alone. Having, having nightmares. And then you're praying for, I wish there was another. A <laughs> but it's a gift that you didn't betray yourself, right? Like, to be the loner and not follow rules, you get to sit with peace in your heart because you didn't betray yourself and become a sheep, right? Is that kind of, the, the payoff? There's a payoff, right, for for being yourself and not following rules that you don't believe in. Yeah, uh, but uh, what kind of payoff are you thinking about? What's the positive side to being a loner who follows their own rules or doesn't like to follow the rules? Well, in the end, you you know, if you're so inclined, you are, you are forced to follow rules. Yes. And and it makes you un, uneasy yeah, and that's unhappy. How I, that, I think that's what I was feeling when I went out. I was like... Uh, and that people just do it. People just do it. People just do it because authorities are telling them to do it. No, I mean, it's a collective... It, it is, for better or for worse, a collective expectation that's placed upon us by... 
what these guys are doing and watching TikTok, as I watch that, there's a there's a collective system being be bearing on them, yeah. and they like it by now. And uh, that collective bearing on you is is so powerful that in the end you can just sort of go out and cry out yeah into the night i think i really liked um the quarantine because it was like a collective a, a, finally a collective vulnerability it was like everybody was vulnerable and everybody was protecting themselves and everybody was like making things small and simple mm -hmm. but now the collective is like seems aggressive and Because they're coming out of that bubble, you say? Is that what feels... Yeah, everybody seems confused to me. Yeah, And just, like, it's... grabbing at whatever the government is telling them to do because what else are you going to do? Yeah. They're looking for guidance. And they're not getting good guidance. Because there is... Nobody knows anything, it seems like. You cannot... So there's, like, a collective stupidity, I feel. And no, it's they, hard to it watch. Could be, it could be, but you must remember... <clears throat> Humanity in my life, or even before me, has never dealt with a situation like this. Last yeah. time they did it in 1920, and that's forgotten in the past, but humanity has never been put into this situation as a whole, and it is a whole that is put in there. So people are sort of, you know, like fish yeah. flapping around. They, they said it really well in Men in Black. Remember that? Black. The per a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicking animals. That's true. As a yeah. collective. As a collective, our a IQ seems to go down. A person can be very smart, but as a group, we're just completely... And do you find that in a group, we cater to the most fearful and the most unintelligent? We kind of have to. We have, right? Do we have to in order for society you're to function? As, you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Wow, yeah. We're seeing that no. right we now. We see that now for sure, and it's, and it's like showing up in data now. You look at the you look at the weakest link in the country right now is those southern states that just refuse to. It's like uh, you're. They say when you run a race, you're only. They're all kind of suffering as a result. You're only as fast as your weakest. Yeah. You're only as player. strong as your weakest link. Yeah. So, Julian, what do you feel about wearing masks and all of that in society? Is that no, something I mean, we the, should do? The, the, it sounded that it makes sense to me. So when I, and you're also mindful of other people's expectations of you in this situation because you really, there's no data. Right. There's there no is data. data for mask use. Well, no, but I mean... I mean, that, that's kind of just general, because that's not, mask use is not something that's new. It's just something that hasn't been used on a widespread, even, I mean, if you look at Asian countries, they've been wearing masks forever. Yeah, and but if you look at their COVID data, because this is just something part of their normal life, it's drastically less than, you know, than ours or anywhere else, what? just in general. What? This yeah. far, in terms of people infected, people that have died, because mask use was just a part of their daily life as it is, so this was not a, such a big change for them. Oh, you mean we should be wearing these things forever? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that's necessarily we have to start doing. So the that. data shows that general. You look at mask. Japan, or I don't know. I can't remember where else. 
some some of those Asian countries over there, the, the COVID numbers have been ridiculously low because people where from, are from they the low? beginning. Where? Japan, I think, was where I found Japan. it. I could be wrong. But. So yeah. they're more disciplined in wearing masks. They're more masks. disciplined in it, and they did it right from the beginning. Yeah, so they just understood. They've been kind of doing anyway. Not mm. for that reason, but for other reasons. Um, could be just pollute, whatever it was. But their data was significantly less than ours. Yeah, you but know, uh, I mean, proportionally. You, are you proportionally? I. You might be right. I mean, you might be right. It's not something that we. I mean, we've never, and that we ever had to. If the data shows collectively that. All where you know do that because we don't. We don't necessarily. Nobody does anything collectively anyway. Well, that's the thing. Well, America is supposed to be independent, right? Yeah. Free yeah, thinkers, they, all they of that. We want to just. Think we don't want to think for the collective good. We want to think for okay, our, but what's, that, what's good for us. You, you, right. a, this, if you watch the, if you look at the, I don't know what what meaning that place. has, but it's just it's just there's your there's your objective data. No, it's good, but there's a there's an American hist historical figure from the, the American Revolution, mm. Patrick Henry, I think he was called. His, what he, his quote is on the New Hampshire Live free or die. Live free or die. Yeah. In, in Japan, which is a very homogeneous well, society, but even more of, so... Of taking away our freedom by not wearing masks, I think that's a, just a joke. That's an excuse to... Is that why people are not wearing masks? Because it feels like people, it's taking their yeah, freedom they feel away? Like their rights are being infringed upon. Like, no, no one's rights are being infringed upon. It's trying to, it's, we're trying to do something for the collective good, and that's just not something that Americans are used to doing. No, not at all. You know, so... I include, you know, you include yourself in that, of course. I've been, I have, you know... And it's such, on such a large scale, too. It's the entire country, you know? I mean, it, I, I think it's small communities would do it, maybe. I understand your point, country, but yeah. here's the thing. Okay. China, being the prime example of this data... As a central authoritarian, non-democratic government, right. when, when they tell people to do something, they do it. If yeah. you don't do it, you get, they kill you. You get shot. Yeah. Okay, that's how <laughs> they that's, do it. I mean, that's not the case in those other countries. Which other countries? Well, Japan is is the bulk of the data. India, India. Let's go. Also has also very low numbers. No, they have very high numbers. It's going India does up, not uh, have low numbers. It's going no. up sharply. I could be, okay. That is the world's largest democracy. Yeah. People can't just tell these people, right. if you don't wear a mask, I'm going to shoot you. Right. America, for God's sakes, is a federal system. Right. Every state decides separately for the health, for the health of their country. It's the worst country so in the world. maybe that's why the Northeast is doing so much better than the rest of the country. It's, it's yeah. the worst country in the world to have a pandemic in. Yeah. Because what is happening now, <laughs> what is happening in America now is entirely predictable under a federal system. Right. Because nobody in America expects a central authority like the Communist Central Party coming with a but hammer. But that's also say, just a a single example, there's also lots of data for other countries that are not authoritarian governments that are... Like who? Like who? Like whom? Um, just doing better than us in general? 
well, it's doing better now, but you know, they are way ahead of America already. I'm just saying the countries that do the best, I mean, even Russia is like in bad shape. Mm-hmm. The countries who do the best are. Ooh, other than so, China. South Africa is also applying the, the, the strict policy, but it's not working. Yeah. Right. Um, what can you do in a country which is a democracy and especially a mad democracy like America, which is a federal system? You cannot say one guy stand up and say, I know everybody now masks. Nobody's never going to listen to you. Because they do their own thing. Right. So what price is America paying for the system that they have? Sure. That's a good question. And they seem seemingly so far is prepared to pay the price. Right? And it will pay the price for that system. So I don't, I I hear you and it's a good point that you're making that covering up would would work, but it's like telling Patrick. No, I'm not saying, yeah, no, I'm saying covering up. You can't go to a guy. Objectively that works how well, my point is how well people do it. it In American system, it's not gonna happen. No, I agree. (laughs) <laughs> would, would you say I, I, it's a moral issue? Some people try to say it's a moral issue that you don't wear a mask because you don't care about other people, that uh, you have no respect. Yeah. Is it, that's I what some people are. Sh- I don't think. I don't think it's so much that. I don't think you're necessarily a good person a or bad, not. Good person or a bad person. They just don't want to be told. They don't, don't want to be told what to do, or they're just. Uh, I don't know. They're not cognitive dissonance. I mean, the cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the this whole uh, riots that occurred because of this terrible racial incidents. Those people didn't care about people getting sick. They just went out in the streets and caused havoc. Same with the Trump rally. The same with the Trump rally. They just went out there and got. And they did it for a different reason, by the way. But, but they literally they, have protests for wearing masks. They are having protests. Well, in, right. some, in some states, in the Midwest, I think in Ohio or something like that. There's literally a protest about not wanting to wear a mask. They're protesting to not wear to a mask. To not wear a mask. So yeah, because, we, but that's like we infringing We were actually upon trying to freedom. answer a question you asked. What was the question again? Is, Is it, it a moral, moral issue? issue? You made a good point about it being that each state makes its own rules, and right. that makes it hard to mandate something like this yeah but then there's a lot of people who are saying it's a moral issue that america doesn't have any morals because they won't protect the weak and the vulnerable as a collective that could be true as a collective we might be morally bankrupt is what some people are saying i think that's true well is that the price of freedom collectively confused collectively confused i don't think i don't think people are but the, the, I don't the, think their morals are given, like degraded or anything like that. Been giving all this information. What people are giving what information? And has it been consistent at all? Who are you getting no, your information for that you trust and you believe? Because I'd like a source. The medical professionals? Yeah, who? You don't, you don't trust. So Not it's, all it's of them, no. Trust, I don't. The problem is you don't trust the information. I don't trust the system. Well, who, do you, who do you trust? Where do you I would trust the doc. I would trust trust an infection control doctor. Doctor Fauci, doctor Fauci, Fauci, yeah. Doing his best. 
He's trying his best and nobody wants to okay. Also, the medical doctors... Huh? What information do you hear that you trust? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Also, um, the medical doctors are getting trained by a body of people who make the rules, who are getting, tr- who are getting told standards to be passed yeah, down. So too much of a trusting person, I guess. Now this, no, uh, this, uh, there is uh, Trust no another one. American Trust no one. phenomena at work, which is not actually being spoken about, but from a non-American-born person, I see it, which is that Americans have always assumed they can solve any problem. Okay. So they don't. They they prepare to pay a, a, a high price for the solution to be forthcoming. So in the back of everybody in America's mind is this idea that before start. Christmas we're going to have a, a vaccine. So you know whether we get sick or not, so many might die, but the Americans will solve this problem. That is an American thing. Which uh, it has in many it's ways succeeded. Should we yeah. show up last, but we do the best? Is that an American idea? No, to Ameri- go to a problem. Ameri- America uh, is known to solve worldwide problems. You know, if you look at all the, if you look at the, at the, um, or people that have solutions come to America to to live here, to have their problems or their solutions accepted easily and funded. I mean, if you look at the, now we're going to slide off, off on a different angle, but if you look at Nobel Prize winners over time, America has won like 70% of them, which is all given to scientists who actually makes a great contribution to society and and so forth. So, and America went into into the Second World War, and was the difference between the world living under Nazis or not? Okay, so that adds to that deep-seated belief they can do it. Uh, another example was in I think you guys were kids then. The first Gulf War, then, when Iraq invaded Kuwait, America put together an armada of, of American soldiers, and some people in Europe helped them. And they went over there with this entire armada and swept through the whole thing and solved it within, like, you know, 60 days or something. Again, it reinforces that collective feeling, hey man, don't worry, we're going to solve this problem. That could be, that could be, uh, that could be a problem now because maybe they can't solve it. But well, that's... and also, don't you feel like other countries' perceptions of America is slightly de- <laughs> declining through this whole experience? I don't care because you know why? I care because I can't leave the country because no one will let me in. Oh, you mean for because of COVID? Yeah. Oh, that. Just like, seems like America. We're gonna have the vaccine, and you're gonna be cool. (laughs) Eventually. I'm not gonna get the vaccine. I don't think younger people don't see this the way. 
it's it's your frame of reference. It's a frame of reference, right? It's your frame of reference. It's your point of view. It's your POV on TikTok. No, it's not your point of view. It's your frame of reference. It's a guy, the Pakistani guy eating the mango. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell the story of that Pakistani I did, guy. I, no, it's a, it came from like another it. podcast. So I can't. <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> and the other thing is, I mean, the, the, the America goes through long periods of, you know, Yankee go home. Yeah. How many times? Vietnam. It always gets into trouble all over the world for no, sometimes for no reason whatsoever. Just thinking that they will save the world for democracy and oftentimes it doesn't work. But I promise you, as I sit here now, when the world needs somebody to come and bail them out, who do they call? The guy in Washington, hey, can you, can you help us out? And they always go and they help them out. So these people who hate America... You think we're going to come out on top? They, the people who hate America, there's maybe good reason for that, but... I hate America. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> off the record. That's off the until, record. Until America does something that persuades you otherwise. I don't hate America. I dislike Americans. No, you shouldn't. But I don't have... A diff- I have a frame of reference. Well, you don't have to like everybody that lives here. What do you like about America? Um, I like the lakes and the rivers. That's lame. I like the scenery. No, I don't have an I don't have another frame of reference to make a generalization like that. But right now, you have, I'll tell you but what you do. I mean, I do. You do have another do reference, have another right? Because you come yeah, from I a come different from a culture. Different place. Can you tell us where you I'm come from? I'm the mango. I'm the mango you eater. From? You're the Can mango you tell eater. us that story? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's from eater. another podcast. Huh? You just have to. You have to just no, the explain the is, reference. The uh, the idea to tell the story quickly. Yeah. Take a bubble bath. You can. What is that? She wants to take a bubble bath. A bubble bath? Oh, boy. Can you tell us that, that reference? And just tell us where you're from. You don't have to say who you are, but just... I'm from South Africa. Okay. No, I'm, so... a, I'm a white African, which is an altogether different story and a very interesting story. And an interesting point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And... The reason for that is actually so difficult to grab to grab onto now with the current situation in America. It's almost hard to make that make that story. But to to the frame of referencing to put that into context. Yeah, that's a great story. It was uh, uh, I, I don't know where exactly I heard it, but it was a uh, a podcast made by young. Uh, Pakistani immigrants, they were born here, so they, they're entirely American. And these, you know, many of these Pakistanis and Indians, Indians are doing very well in America. You know, they're smart people, they work hard, they go to the top schools, I mean, you know, Ivy League schools and whatnot, so they're doing very well here. They're succeeding in America very well. So they, you know, they were making I think they were making, or they, the particular point in this program, they were talking about race, 
and how difficult it is for people of color to f be fully integrated into the American way of life simply because of their race. Um, although I have to say the Indians and the Pakistanis are doing very well, but obviously not well enough. So they were making the point about that. They were talking about the unhappiness that that caused them. So one guy at the end said, well, my dad came here from Pakistan and we went to talk to him about it as he was sitting in his in an apartment in Brooklyn in a chair eating a mango <laughs> watching TV. And he listened to them talk and give them give give their side of yeah, the story. Yeah, talk about discrimination and inequality and, looks, and stuff like that. He looks at them <laughs> for a moment and then he just turned back to his his mango and he kept eating his mango and watched TV. And then, then the guys realized what was going on because his frame of reference is so different from theirs. You know, he comes from a family that was very poor, lived on the streets of this Pakistani city that had to fight for food every day. Uh, they had nothing, you know. They were poor in the worst sense of the word. And now... In a That's his frame of reference. Now he's sitting in a reclining chair eating, eating a, mango. a mango and watching TV. And he was and like... He had absolutely no interest in these people's problems. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what you're talking what about. Talking like, we're, look at what we're doing. He had nothing to complain about. No, no. he was perfectly so happy. That's the point that the, the kid made. He said to the other kid, you know, you hear that? That's a frame of reference difference. And so the one kid asked the other guy, so... What would you rather have? I want my father's frame of reference. That would make me much happier. Right. Because then I know what yeah. I got relative to what I could have had. Right. So that's the frame of reference story. And of course, American immigrants that come from countries of real poverty and real, uh, uh, you know. Mama, uh, I'm they get that. Americans said, no, this, you know, we have to fight for our rights, which is also right. Commentary and why are taking a bath. That's a story about them. the frame of reference. Okay. I got this on, it's easy. This is yeah. beautiful, what is it? It's a little thing. Isn't it a bit hot? No. Harley is showing us an outfit she put together. Which <laughs> looks like a... Fringe. Yeah, what, so, what culture is that from? Yes. Pakistan. What is your frame of reference, bro? What's your frame of reference? Can you talk? Can you talk on mic? Drastically different than your. I know. That's why I find sometimes you know we have a difficult time to reach each other. It's true, just because. I mean, I guess I'm benefiting from your, from you living through your frame of reference. I don't know if I'm putting that correctly. Yeah, no, sure. I'm I'm the beneficiary of all this, sure. so I've grown up in a much drastically different. Uh, bubble, as it were. So, You're welcome. Yes, yeah, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> you know, so your frame of reference right now during is, COVID is what? Um, you got an interesting frame of reference because you're a COVID survivor. I worked in a nursing home. 
Um, and earlier, earlier in the pandemic, and it was late, it was mid-April, um, when we really started to get more COVID patients in our facility is when Hai was exposed somehow from either directly or indirectly, I'm not sure. Um, but my case was very mild. I had, you know, slight fever. I had, you know, some body aches, some headaches for the first few days. Um, but generally, I didn't feel terrible, you know, because you hear, you hear all these stories about people affecting it, people getting affected so, so drastically differently, um, whether it's their age or whatnot. And that was before we had a lot more information. All these new symptoms have popped up. So your frame of reference is from actually From having actually having COVID, yes. So uh, when I was, like I was saying before, when I was at home, sitting at home, quarantined from work, uh, it was almost a feeling of guilt um, because I didn't feel that bad. Um, and I was basically just sitting there. And then the other part was just, um, I don't know, I, I boredom. You know, I was sitting Unruly. there. Back to that back word. Back to the ennui. So I'm, a, I'm a fairly, you know, social person. I like to be around people a lot. And I'm in this little apartment, this little 900-square-foot apartment um, by myself, you know, away from, away from my kids, which was also a, 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 uh, um, a sore point for me. You know, it was also something that I, I really kind of didn't like. Um, and just away from the people I work with. And the people I work with is people I enjoy being around. So you know, I enjoy being around people. And if I can't do that, I'm isolated by myself there. It just becomes very uh, difficult. So is your frame of reference, is it different because of where your parents, that your parents are from South Africa and they're not, you weren't raised by American I parents? So. No, he was, you know, he was pretty much, his frame of reference is the same as yours in a, in a, in a, in a sense. sense. Yeah. He never went to a, School, other than the while we were in Switzerland, but he was when you are when you are born in America and you go to school here, you're an American and your value system is American. Nothing of your immigrant parents rubbed off on you, other than um, yeah, nothing really rubs off on you. So the influence of your parents is the same as any American parents have on their children, or not. But trust me, you're born in America. You're an American. What are you looking for? But you you grew up through what? An apartheid. Was that happening? Yeah, I was. So the way you parent has to be affected by the social situation you grew up in. As an immigrant, yeah, Yeah. of course. I have a completely different frame of reference. Um, But not him or Nina. I feel like I lack a frame of reference. No, you do have a frame of reference. I feel like I lack a frame of reference. It's just not a... Like, this is my frame of reference because I was born in South Africa. Like, I, we sort of lack that. It's well, we, as a first-generation American where there's, like, you're neither here it's or not there. A it's not a unique frame of reference. It's nothing unique about you your American experience. Yeah. Right. No, do you I feel the that. same way as Nina? I do. Just because it's, it's... Well, it's it's... Like like she was like she was saying, it's not a unique frame of reference like yeah. you know mom and dad have. 
We was it's sitting... just we're just it's it's a cool you know it's a cool thing to be a part of to say that your parents are immigrants and they were you know they grew up in this completely different society as you and you you kind of get a taste of it every once in a while when you yeah. go visit family and stuff yeah um, so you feel that connection in some way but it's hard it's it, you feel bad because it's not doesn't like, create a it's frame not, of reference for you no it doesn't create a frame yeah. of reference for you because you grow up in an American lifestyle yeah of course which. Again, it's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. You can't really complain too much about that. Um, we were very fortunate. Even, you know, even in general, even as Americans, and a lot more Americans are, were a lot less fortunate than we were. So, so you grew um, up in a poor country. Would you say that? I grew up very well off in a, in a poor country. South Africa is a, is a topic by itself. You know, the white people had middle-class lives uh, and they created a system of apartheid and kept the black people essentially not having middle-class lives, if you can understand that, which, which is sort of really unacceptable to me as I became older. But that's another story. For and how is that day. affecting COVID now? Like, how is South Africa dealing with they're doing it. See, this is the this is a, the key thing to understand. South Africa has a very centralized. It's a democracy, and it has been a democracy, you know, for twenty five years. But they have a very centralized governmental system. It's not a federal system. The power of the provinces, or the equivalent of states, it's much less than the central. Central power, so they enforce all new rules, including on COVID nineteen. They enforce it centrally, like if it was made from Washington on everybody. That's what they have. Um, they have not yet succeeded in stopping it. They, you know, that their their graph is still like this. Um, but they have a very strict system. Um, they, for example, banned sales of alcohol completely throughout the country and even of tobacco during this whole COVID? Yeah, yeah and they kept people to their homes basically and they're slightly better now but it's still pretty tough in the rules that they're imposing but that's not working either so so what, what is working? We don't know. Right. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. What we need is a magical mm -hmm. vaccine that the Americans will come up with soon. Soon, by Just Christmas. By Christmas. That's <laughs> what, what we believe in. So in the meantime, hey man, the vaccine is coming. Let's, let's party on, dude. <laughs> That's America. Right. It's true. So the interesting thing about you having COVID, right? Yeah. And now not having it yeah what do you feel about wearing masks and the way that people are, are responding I, I honestly never had a problem with it in the first place because I feel like oh shit um I need to just the shall get me um well I mean working in working in the healthcare in the skilled nursing facility that was something that was basically mandated from the beginning and up for obvious reasons for working with extremely vulnerable people, you know? So 
um, it was a little it was a little bit more extreme in the beginning, understandably so. Like as far as garments and stuff that we have to wear, and you know, as the cases got more and more, it's just you know they became very. But also, like he said, the rules just constantly changing. Did you so, see people suffer from it? Like in in your facility, did people get it and die or? Oh uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Was we, it, did you see them? No, not really. Why didn't you see them? Where were they? The, well, you don't really just witness people, you know, necessarily being sick and dying. You don't sit there and watch them. You know, it's not something you witness. You hear about it. Obviously, you work there, so you, you get reports of it, uh, you know, every day. Just people got sick and they went to the hospital and they died, or they got sick here and then they, they would died. They would be removed from your facility. Oh well, yeah, when people die, the they get taken. Yeah, oh, they, you mean? Would they be taken to the hospital? Yeah. Do you guys do ventilators yeah. and stuff? Like no, that? no, we don't do ventilators like that. Um, but as an example, or just to, to list the initial effect, in that first month and a half, I think from the whenever the real pandemic started in March, from like mid March to the end of end of April, maybe beginning of first half of May, we lost 45 people in, in our your, facility. In your facility? Which is... To COVID or to, to other things? They say, uh, yes. I mean, I would absolutely relate it to because numbers like that are just unprecedented for a facility like mine. Like, we would, on a normal basis, we would lose maybe three people every few months, if that you know three people every few months and then in a month you lost 45 45 ish somewhere around there yeah. which is absurd so um the numbers they gave us didn't seem to reflect that maybe they they were or just i don't know if they were misrepresenting them or they were just not um they were being blissfully ignorant about it because uh, they told us 27 were strictly covid related but you lose 45 people Yes, they're vulnerable, and they had other comorbidities as well. So obviously, that's going to have an effect on how they're how they're um, um, affected by COVID. But you know, why were you not affected so badly? I mean, I would assume from my age, but now that's being seems to be being proven otherwise. But who knows? I got lucky, you, I guess. Well, you have I mean, a healthy a young, immune system, I'm a young, right? And I have a relatively healthy immune system. Yeah, I, I don't get sick very often in general. So I think I am fortunate in that sense because it just didn't affect me that much. And, you know, uh, kept me away from longer than I wanted it to because I had a fever that kind of lingered. And at that point, any kind of fever and you, there's, you can't return to work, especially in a, in a facility like that. Um, so and I had you to couldn't really kiss your girlfriend. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so one last question. That's if, not if, unrelated topic. <laughs> <laughs> Can we read your text? No, I'm <laughs> no. What would you do if you were in charge of this health organization? Jesus, that's an impossible <laughs> question. I, I, I can't I can't answer that question because I don't have the. Would you quarantine people? It. Lock them down? Make them wear masks? Is this all really important? You're the I closest think, person I know to it. To ever, you know, be, work with it and contract it. Yes. I mean, it's... Wearing a mask, I think, is just a smart thing to do with... If you were in a place, you were in a house like this, and out of the five people that lived here, three of them had the flu or a cold. Would you want to go anywhere near them without protecting yourself in some way? 
So I mean, I, I guess it's just some of it's some of it's common sense disease control, mask wearing a mask, and this is a little bit more extreme, but um, I think some of it's it's common sense. You know, be smart, protect the people that need protecting, the vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Keep them keep them away from it. Um, you know, I have a I have a friend who's a doctor who's an anesthesiologist, um, and he had he was of that mindset from the beginning. You know. The extreme measures that went on, I didn't think he necessarily agreed with so much because he thought it was just the overkill. Um, his mindset from the beginning was um, protect protect the vulnerable, the older population, the people with you know poor immune systems, um, and then for you know for the people that it doesn't affect so much, just kind of let it let it go. I, whether I agree with that 100 percent. Like herd immunity? Right, exactly. What would you do if you were in charge, Nina? <laughs> <laughs> we know what we don't want, but we don't know what we do. I would put all the vulnerable people in one room. Lock <laughs> <laughs> them up. Spray some COVID in the air ducts. No, and, uh, I don't know. Guys, I would say if it's... Corner, um, and you don't have a... Sorry, you don't have your mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have this thing that if it's so dangerous and it's so infectious and everyone is still spreading it and people are dying and there's all these concerns, then we should not be going to restaurants. Well, and we should not have things open. I think that if the only way to control it is to lock down for longer, then we should do that. It's a, it's a, I have a problem with the hypocrisy of people wearing their masks, taking them off, opening the door, no, sneezing, brushing that, their teeth, there, there's that, doing there, all this stuff. There, there lies the common sense aspect of it. No people, one's got common sense. That's the problem. Yes, it's a big problem. I agree. There is something there. strange about having to put a mask on your child to go anywhere. Right? That's very strange. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I think that makes it very real when you yeah. have to take a four-year-old and a six-year-old and put masks on them, so and they, they just, go. yeah, pull it and off. They just go with answering it. questions like, are we going to have to socially distance? And you're like, uh, It's a whole new, new words into our lexicon. Yeah. It's true. I don't, or like, I don't want to go if we have to wear a mask. And you're like, all right, well, we, I guess we're not we going. We are going to solve the problem. Yeah. Don't worry. The day will come when the, the American flag will be raised and said, get your flu shot. Don't you think it's going to make bigger problems, the vaccine? Because there's going to be well, half be, of the, there's going to be a line drawn in the sand with the people who are it's getting a vaccine and then the people who are so mad at them because they're not getting a vaccine. It's the same with the flu shot. We have that same debate every year with the flu shot. Yeah, well, the thing is you can't... People don't get it because they're so adamantly against it. Well, like, and no, then it doesn't gonna, work. A lot of the time, because but then it the does work a lot of the time too. The it's true. So disinformation Virus, is yeah. what messes that up, right? Because sure. some people believe vaccines are good, some believe there is poison in them. So disinformation also is yeah. affecting. Well, you get you get people. Yeah, exactly. You can say whatever you want on the internet, and then it gets taken as gospel. So we're I suffering th- from disinformation. I think I that's going to be a problem going forward. 
Yes. No, man, it's not gonna work. It is, because it get, does diff, this information can be shared so quickly and rapidly. I know, but the real... And, and, any, and true information to the same, to the same degree. This, all this information that flies around... That's why it's harder to trust information, like Nina no, said. No, I understand, but there's two big, big things at work right. that supersedes information. One is this idea that there's going to hopefully be a vaccine. That's what okay. people believe. Yeah. And the other is jobs. People need jobs. You know how many it's people true. is out of jobs? Millions. That is a powerful instrument. Sure. It's a blunt instrument. If you efforts don't get your shots, you ain't going to have jobs. Get it? That's not big information. So maybe it's just you need a smack on the top of the head. You want jobs? Have you, have you, had, a, had, you a had, a, had you had a flu shot? No. Get out. Yeah, it's got to be plain and simple. Well, it is going to be plain and simple. You hope so. You have a business. You hope so. <laughs> but this is America, and people will do whatever, whatever they, they want. want. Okay, but most people want a job to live, right? So they go to the job, and they say, I want the job. And the guy said, hey, you got to take a shot. And the guy said, I don't want to take a shot because I believe... It's infringing on my rights. It's a right. And the guy said, okay, well... <laughs> Tough. Next. Thank you. Goodbye. And that's, and that's their right as the... Of course it is, yeah, but the guy employer. wants a job. Well, then... Yeah. It's simple. It's not what no, people I know. say. It's simple. It's but then we, we, we couldn't go to work and all of a sudden we have then you're gonna, money. Then you're going to keep having this unemployment because people are still not going to listen. Yeah, but then the government must just sit because we have all this. Yeah. So then they'll have to mandate it in some kind of way. No, the mandate is not. The mandate is simple. Take people, away the unemployment. You know, people. Uh, you know, you, you apply for a job that pays sixty grand a year versus six hundred a week in unemployment. That's your choice. Which one you can pick? Six hundred dollars a week because of your. I don't yeah. think it's going to be six hundred dollars a week by then. But anyway, whatever unemployment pays, right. it's not going to be sixty grand a year. No. So the guy has to make up his mind. He can sit and stew in his freedom. That's a good and term. Th I like that's that. a great <laughs> term. <laughs> stew in his stew in his freedom. That's fantastic. You're right. It's not that's that. Right. It's not that I. Say that he is not. No, but you're right. That's exactly what. It, that's exactly what he's doing. Is he's stewing the fact that he he made a choice. Yeah, but it's his choice. Exactly, because he has freedom. He's stewing. You want a job? That's great. I think we can end on that. That's that's a great point. All right, thank you guys.